Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. The summer of 2023 is a movie summer. Record-breaking blockbusters, uh, the Barbie movie making a billion dollars, the Oppenheimer movie being the highest-grossing movie ever set in World War II. Sure, that's one thing, but there are, believe it or not, other movies out there, other movies that can be seen here in Bloomington. And one of the ways you can see movies that aren't that huge are through Cicada Cinema. Cicada Cinema is a pop-up cinema. We're going to find out what the heck that means. We've got with us the two people who run the Cicada Cinema, old friends. Asia Essex is the director of youth radio here at WFHB. And Josh Brewer is the assistant program director here at WFHB. It just so happens that they run Cicada Cinema. Asia, Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having Yeah, thanks for having us here. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Well, Cicada Cinema is having a big shebang coming up Sunday, August 20th, 2023 at 4 p.m. That will be at the Far Center for Contemporary Art at 505 West 4th Street. It's a fundraising gala. Asia, you got to raise money. We do have to raise money, <laughs> uh, as every organization does. Yeah, so just to say about how the gala came about, we have wanted to have a fundraising event for a long time anyway, just so people knew who we were, because we've been doing this since Halloween of 2016. And then we've kind of picked up steam a lot in the past year or so, um, doing about a week of screening every single week. And then the gala came about simply because I was doing the uh, on-ramp uh, accelerator for creative entrepreneurs, um, and I just came up with an idea for a uh, grant proposal for a crowdfunding and fundraising event in support of a local Bloomington community uh, movie theater. And that was pretty much how the gala came about. That was the form I chose it to be in, was just a gala. And Josh, I mean, me and Josh both just kind of agreed that was probably the best way to get people aware of who we were. Yeah, and that was initially that the entrepreneur on-ramp thing was through the um, Indiana Arts Commission. You two must love movies. Yes. I would say I, I have a, uh, a sick in unhealthy love with the movies just meaning i i adore them they're my they're my chosen art form that i i don't make movies but i love watching them and writing about them and talking about them on podcast and talking about them with friends and uh yeah they're the closest things to dreams that we have is an art form what is the first movie that you remember seeing as a kid it's a it's a it's a tough one i I, I try to think back to movies I may have seen in movie theaters uh, where I would have my earliest memories. I I think I'm going to go with the the non-pretentious uh, answer and say the first movie I probably have a memory of seeing was the Super Mario Brothers movie. Josh. I, I don't know if it's the first one, but it's the one my family often tells. Um, they said I was really patient with watching old black and white movies as a kid. Huh. And my dad tells the story of me being in the family basement and him turning on the old, probably from the 30s, the Hamlet. Wow, yes. Uh, Hamlet? Hamlet. And he said I would just sit there riveted. 
You probably like, didn't know what they were talking about. No, but you didn't need to, right? I mean, yeah. a lot of those old movies, they might have little innuendos or they might be Shakespeare, whatever. But I don't know, as a kid, I was just fascinated by anything we were watching. And <laughs> we would often go to classical film and music here in town, and I was always able to rent one movie whenever we went. So I would often rent uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> but also, yeah. for some reason, I'm watching Hamlet with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> you contain multitudes. <laughs> so the big fundraiser, as we say, I'm going to repeat it again. I'm going to repeat it a number of times, Asia. Is that okay? Yeah, do you of mind? Course. I do not mind. Please get the word out. Please come. Sunday, August 20th, 2023, at 4 p.m. at the Far Center for Contemporary Art, 505 West 4th Street. There's going to be some excitement there. What's going to happen that day? What, what, what do you get for your money? Well, for well, first off, for your money, it's free to just attend and come uh -huh. and hang out. It costs nothing to do that at all. But some things we plan on having there are some food uh, and beverage from some sponsors around town, uh, which we can talk about later if you well, want. Well, let's let's mention who they are. Well, uh, let's we go have with that. Uh, we have small favors, the Orbit Room, Backdoors, Munchbox, uh, Hopscotch Coffee and the uh, Rainbow Bakery. Um, these are all people that were either our current partners, past partners, or friends uh, that we will partner with in the future. It's um, good to have friends. And since we do a pop-up, I mean, to explain that a little bit, we started in a, in a space called The Void years ago, um, which was a warehouse space. We often call it like a kind of a Petri dish, where a lot of people were, were able to kind of experiment with a lot of different art in this like classic DIY warehouse kind of setting. But when that was torn down, because that was temporary, um, we decided to, well, why don't we just start popping up in local businesses as a partnership to bring in people maybe later at night or just to highlight that business in a place that you wouldn't typically see a movie, obviously. So places where they could buy a, a cup of coffee or a glass of beer or exactly. a donut, what have you, that kind of thing. Exactly. Or even like an art gallery that they just want more eyes, more people in the space. Um, so a lot of the people that we're reaching out because we're doing this fundraising event are people we've partnered with in the past and places we've popped up. They're going to see a movie that day, too. They are going to see a movie that day. They are seeing Joe Dante's 1993 film, Matinee. Matinee, starring John Goodman and Kathy Moriarty. And before we started recording, we were talking about Joe Dante. And we figured out that he was the director of Rock and Roll High School. Uncredited, I believe, yes, right? Yes, yes. Uncredited director. Uh, you blew our mind with that because it turns out we had screened a Joe Dante movie. And yeah, we, had, we, we showed Rock and Roll High School at the Orbit Room as part of our Cicada Underground series. Right. Probably a year, a year ago. A year it ago? was one of the earlier Cicada, regular Cicada Underground screenings that we ever did. It was the night before the owner's uh, son was born. And, the, <laughs> and that's a series we do monthly at the Orbit Room, typically the third Thursday of the month, um, where we show underground films. And I'm putting quotes up, you can't see me. But they, a lot of these films come from, well, it's kind of a joke because... The Orbit Room is obviously underground. Yes. But we also show movies in partnership with, with that series through the American Genre Film Archive. Hmm. So that's a whole archive that only specializes in genre films. So exploitation movies, horror. Action. Uh, these home, essentially homemade movies on VHS. Straight to video things. Yeah. Uh, so we that series that we do there at the Orbit Room is all in partnership with that archive. So is including our Rock and Roll High School. Yes. So it's our cheeky way of saying we show underground movies, which is kind of 
what underground movies evokes, which is like something that's a little bit more grungy and like slightly experimental. So if you go to the Cicada Gala uh, Sunday, a week from this coming Sunday, uh, you'll get a nice movie. But Cicada also has at least three upcoming uh, events. And uh, in fact, one of them is tomorrow. Tomorrow we will be showing Bring It On, the uh, cheerleading movie starring Kirsten Dunst. That was a part of a series that we did with The Backdoor uh, called Three Cheers for Queers, uh, which was just kind of a, kind of happened as a joke almost, where we screened Drop Dead Gorgeous starring Kirsten Dunst on The Backdoor Patio. It was the first time we had screened any movie outside on The Backdoor Patio. And then I jokingly said to one of the managers there, Kale, oh, we should screen a Kirsten Dunst movie every year. And then so we said, oh, let's do Bring It On. And then we sort of built a whole cheerleading series around Bring It On being the finale. But then actually it turned out to be like a pretty well-attended series. Uh, We showed Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original movie um, that the TV show was born out of. That's Uh, right. And we started it with, uh, during Pride, we showed But I'm a Cheerleader, Uh uh, the lesbian cheerleader movie. After that, on Thursday, August 17th, we're going to be screening Malibu Express. This one was kind of, uh, it's at the Orbit Room. It's part of the Cicada Underground series. And that was just simply a, there is a exploitation filmmaker called Andy Sedaris. He essentially made a lot of um, these like BC level action exploitation movies. And one of them we screened last year uh, called Hard Ticket to Hawaii, as far as I like, like, Blood, Babes, and Beaches series, and this is now our <laughs> slime. Wait, 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 wait. Is, is, that, is that actually a thing? Blood, Babes, and, and beaches? beaches? Yeah, Beaches, Blood, and Babes. Uh, yeah, it was just like a, we like alliteration. It was like yeah. a it was like we, We've given names, for two years in a row now, uh-huh. we've given names to our summer series at the at the Orbit Room. Sort yeah. of like uh, 50 years ago, Sword and Sandal, that kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And this was the other movie he made that's, about as good as Hard Ticket to Hawaii. The rest of them, I jokingly always say, they're closer to softcore porn than they are actual movies. Right. Uh, and then our final screening, Josh, you want to say something about this one? So yeah, our final uh, movie that we're going to screen this summer, it's actually going to be on September 2nd, on Saturday. We, we were Initially, we're going to show Jazz on a Summer's Day, the 1959 concert film. Mm. Um, we were going to screen it in July, but then it got rained out. So we... Switch the date, and now it's going to be on September 2nd, and it's going to be at Waldron Hill, Buskirk Park, or 3rd Street Park. That's going to be at dusk, and we usually say around 9 p.m. Like, yeah, because yeah, that's about the time the sun's completely down. So, and that'll be outside, and it's uh, going to, I think, be the first time we're using our brand new larger screen. Yes. We bought a right, larger now, screen. What kind of projector do you have to use for outdoor showings? Well, we have like a pretty powerful 4K projector that we got with some grant money from the city a while ago. So um, you own it. We own it. We started by the idea originally for Cicada. We wanted to have a movie experience in Bloomington that kind of evoked going to going out to the going out to the movies with snacks and a raffle and kind of a production that way. That's actually kind of where my interest came in with Cicada was really movie going. Mm -hmm. So we really focused on that early on, but we used our own equipment. Mm -hmm. Um, We started with three other people. One of which you've interviewed on this podcast, Niall Arena. Niall Arena. Niall Arena. Um, Charlie Jones and Eric Ayotte. That was the three of us who started that. We really just used a lot of our own equipment, but over time with with some grant money we've gotten through the city, we've been able to 
purchased basically an entire pop-up uh, movie theater setup. Yeah. So we have our own screen, we have our own projector, sound system, uh, uh, we have our own seats that we don't use all the time. Yeah, but we, we do have. Yeah, we have essentially a popcorn uh, machine, and we have a popcorn machine that was we got a dope. We <laughs> well, actually yeah, got an official sponsorship well for. It. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so in that that one, we're going to have the new bigger screen, so a new fifteen larger screen. So it should be really exciting uh, for that yeah. one of Jazz on a Summer's Day. Well, as I alluded to earlier, uh, this is the summer of the two huge blockbusters, and uh, it's safe to assume that you're never going to run a blockbuster here. Do you even want to? Not really. I mean, so the the whole thing behind Cicada Cinema was always, in Bloomington, there existed a lot of great movie organizations, which we are friends and partners with. There was the IU Cinema, and there was the Writer, and of course the AMCs exist and the reason we show the types of movies that we show is because we wanted to carve out our own little space because it's not like a large city, but there is an art going mm-hmm. public in the city who want a variety of different things to watch. And so we actively are tr- we're trying to show things that the IU Cinema didn't have room for, the writer didn't have the capacity for, uh, and specifically that the AMCs weren't going to be showing. We wanted to show as many underscreen, underseen movies as possible. And it doesn't mean we won't show like large movies or repertory movies or foreign films or what have you. It just means that I doubt there's a future where Cicada Cinema is showing Oppenheimer on four screens simultaneously. <laughs> well, I I, I uh, looked back uh, in history and uh, handpicked some of the titles uh, that you people have uh, shown. And uh, I don't know what it's going to illustrate about you, but it's going to illustrate something, for gosh sake. So here are some titles. Ready? Body Melt. Please, Baby, Please. I like that title there. Forbidden Love, Unashamed Stories of Lesbian Lives. How about this one? Tammy and the T-Rex. Black Christmas. And She-Freak. (laughs) <laughs> now, uh, is that a representative uh, sampling? It, it is a represent. It's funny. Uh, we're talking a lot about Orbit Room. This uh, this episode is very representative of minus one film in that list of what we like to program at Orbit Room, which yeah. which once again are exploitation films. Yeah. Um, we like exploitation films. I mean, I personally love exploitation films. It's one of my favorite genres of movies. One because it's a genre of movie that is open to anyone to make because you can make them cheap and fast. Um, I think there's usually like a lot of either misguided or in some way complicated politics in those movies that are always fun to look back on in hindsight and as they're coming out. Oh, that old stuff. Yes, yes. And then also I just kind of like Fun, loud, or not even loud, because She Freak is one movie wasn't isn't a very loud movie, but just kind of like inventive and colorful, and you know, movies that like like real popcorn movies. Uh-huh. Yes, there was in the early seventies uh, a genre called black exploitation. Yes. Any of those? We haven't shown any black exploitation. Well, we we did show what I would consider a contemporary uh, black exploitation movie when we showed. Death by Temptation. Uh, mm. We showed that movie back at the Orbit Room, and that was that. I would consider that not modern in the sense that it's modern because it was from the '90s, but like right. you know, for the time, a modern black exploitation yeah. film. Um, the American Genre Film Archive actually does have quite a few black exploitation movies, and I would love to dive more into those. One title I remember: Blackula. Blackula. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love Blackula. 
Is it a good movie? To be decided. But I love it. Black exploitation. Uh, once again, I love exploitation film because it gives filmmakers a entry point into filmmaking. A lot of directors come out of exploitation filmmaking. Would we consider Roger Corman an an exploitation director? Yeah, yeah. or birth lots of people who made exploitation yeah. movies. I mean, Roger Corman in American Independent Pictures. I think that was AIP. I think that's what yep, the studio yep. is called. I mean, that was very much like the, the like, do it cheap, do it fast, and, like, you know, make it exciting and keep it under a certain runtime. In days. Yes, in days. Yeah. 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 And it, it was, it seemed like it was very much a communal, like, look, I know you direct, you have a movie you're directing on Wednesday, but today you're going to be the best boy on this movie, <laughs> and an actress in one movie might be the script person in another movie, and it's just like this whole communal like merry-go-round. So yeah, I would consider Roger Corman and the movies that he produced and directed to be exploitation and he, movies. And he had a repertory company of actors, yes. uh, like Dick Miller and all the rest of those. Oh, movies. love the like Roger Corman stable. I got to meet Roger Corman a few years ago when he came to the IU Cinema Right. And I remember one of the things uh, he talked about, and obviously it's from his point of view, and there's been like, you know, people talking about, you know, how, you know, how much like under duress these people were like working on at the time. And some remember it fondly and some don't remember it so fondly. Uh, but one of the things he talked about uh, that I was held true, that I actually did believe him on was that he said, for as cheap as some of the movies turned out to be and not all of them were good he'll be like the first person to admit that uh he said it really did come from a place of i like movies a lot and i wanted to make as many of them as possible right and i now know that's something there's something really endearing about that yeah now a number of roger corman movies were aired on mystery science theater 3000 yeah one of my favorite tv shows of all time but basically they're saying when it's on that show this is junk Yes. But you're not saying that. No. I don't I mean are there are there exploitation movies that are not good and, not, and also not fun to watch? Yeah, of course. Just like there are big blockbusters that are not good and not fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, and I think when we're programming the series with the American Genre Film Archive, which is a lot of what well, you mentioned the exploitation movies, uh, oftentimes our kind of barometer of what we're going to show is specifically because it's in a bar area or in like a bar and restaurant, like, is it fun? So there's a lot of exploitation movies that we look into and we're like, this is really cool. But it's pretty slow. It's pretty. It'll be <laughs> pretty we, slow. We, we, we or, want it. We yeah. want the movies that we're showing there to kind of have a good clip. A good clip. Be you know can have like nasty stuff in it, but isn't going to send anyone home like angry or uh-huh. of, or like upset or triggered in some way. Just like you know the what we would call the like. S- when you're in a theater, it's like kind of this like socially accepted, like we're here to watch something that is not considered politically correct or whatever, but we're all giving it the thumbs up to have a good time. One of the words uh, your Cicada Cinema gang uses to uh, talk about your movies is underrepresented. Underrepresented. What does this mean? You know, I will say our mission statement is underseen underscreened and underrepresented. Underrepresented can mean a lot of things. Uh, For a while, it just meant underrepresented in the Bloomington, Indiana area, but also at the same time, and which it still means is like, Film, uh, films from filmmakers who would normally have a platform to have their movies seen or films about people that aren't given usually given representation. So uh, underrepresented in that in that instance kind of covers all three of those things. 
A friend of mine knows that I love older movies and I guess we could say underrepresented movies. Found for me a DVD copy of, tell me if this one rings a bell with either of you, Watermelon Man. Watermelon Man, yes. I've seen Godfrey, Watermelon Man, yes. Godfrey Cambridge. Yes. Yes. Yes, great movie. Saw it at the IU Cinema uh, for the first time, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I love this kind of stuff. If you love movies, and but here's the thing. Uh, movie going is changing right now. It seems to me that, and especially after the pandemic, what is happening is, is what you see at the movie theater is... Huge, huge, huge production. Huge, huge, huge budget, right? All directed at maybe the 16 to 24 demographic. Uh, superhero type thing. Uh, colorful, flashy, nothing subtle. Do you sense that? Yes, of course. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, there's been a major shift in in what are what are considered blockbuster movies made for a large audience like kind of just happened once the avengers came out in 2012 i would say that completely just upended the movie industry i think there i think there is a healthy there still is a healthy independent scene that we often would get screeners for and try to program i think that's true a lot of what you said but what i've seen since we've uh, started basically after the pandemic we uh, went from screening about once a month to screening once a week almost. And I found that people seem to be eager to get out and watch things that are, as we say, underrepresented. Again, we're not the big multiplexes, but yes. I think the audience audiences seem to be there and want to gather together and watch movies together. Yeah. Our guests this week are Asia Essex and Josh Brewer. They are uh, the moving forces behind the moving pictures. The Cicada Cinema, a pop-up cinema, volunteer run. You guys don't get paid. We do not. But you do have to come up with money. And one way you're doing it is you're having a big fundraising gala Sunday, August 20th, 2023 at 4 p.m. at the Far Center for Contemporary Art. That's at 505 West 4th Street. There will be food and drink and there will be a movie and uh, correct yes. me if I'm wrong, you said it's free. It is completely free. And in addition to all those other things, there will be some activities, which we will announce at a later date. There will be um, a history of Cicada Cinema. And there will be a raffle where we're getting donations from multiple com uh, Bloomington businesses and organizations who are like sending us stuff so people can buy a raffle ticket and have a chance to win at some like pretty cool prizes. And yeah, it is free to attend, but you can buy raffle tickets or donate and yeah. we'll have we'll have new t-shirts as well. You're going to be walking around with your hat. <laughs> yes, <Exactly>. absolutely. <laughs> okay, well you're busy people because you've got a thing going tomorrow. Yep. Uh Friday night, uh the movie Bring It On uh, at dusk at the back door. Uh, in addition to several other that will close out your summer season, how do you pick the movies? Do you sit together and noodle over it? How is it done? It's it's evolved a lot over the years. I would say um, there were there was the period when there were five of us and we would all kind of bounce stuff back and forth and suggest stuff. And there was the period when I was getting doing Blu-ray reviews for the IU Cinema and just being exposed to dozens of movies a week. I would say most commonly though over the years, no matter what, it's been me and Josh 
sitting down and being like, doing what we kind of did this morning, uh, talking about, hey, I saw this movie through this avenue, was pretty cool, I think it'd be good for us, or just talking about movies and then something sparking and then we uh-huh. get an idea for, for it. And part of it is paying attention to different areas that we can find movies that are uh, maybe underseen. So some of that is keeping up to date with different film distributors who are releasing new movies, or as Asia said, different Blu-ray labels that are re-releasing and remastering things that may have been forgotten. So it's a kind of a keeping an eye on different avenues. And then occasionally we'll pick a specific um, genre, like we showed a film noir series. We knew we wanted to show a baseball movie and we we're looking deep to try to find something that maybe people haven't seen before. So it kind of is, yeah, there's a little bit of different ways, but usually it's always been, uh, the feeling of bouncing it, back bouncing and it forth. back and forth, back and forth, and the overriding idea always being, it's hard to see these anywhere else. Yes, you're going to see them through us. Yes, and us being Cicada Cinema. Are you going to go see Barbie? I've seen Barbie. We, I've I am. Barbie. We've both seen Barbie. I saw Barbie <laughs> at the the Tivoli and Spencer. Uh, uh, Josh had the more classy experience. I went to the AMC at 10 a.m. on a Sunday to a (laughs) packed movie theater. Very excited people. I was shocked when I went to see Oppenheimer. I was shocked to see grown women in the pink and the glitter and the spiked heels and all that. And like, that's what goes on. Yeah, it's the it's the barman the Barbenheimer phenomenon. I, I went with my parents, my sister, my wife. We were all wearing pink. Yeah, I wore pink. <laughs> I wore pink. I, and I have to admit, I think probably eighty percent of the whole audience was. Do you get the idea now that maybe soon one of your theme nights will include people dressing up? I mean, tomorrow, if you go and come to bring it on in a cheerleading costume, please, please, please. actually, I'm going to, we should promote this more. Please come to bring it on. I will be wearing a cheerleading costume already. I think some of the backdoor staff is going to be wearing a cheerleading costume. Please come out and show your Bloomington and Cicada Cinema spirit in your best cheerleading outfit. Okay. Asia Essex and Josh Brewer, they are the people behind Cicada Cinema. It's a pop-up cinema, volunteer run, lots of arty movies, B-movies, that type of thing. They've been in existence for about seven years. If you want to get in touch with them, you can uh, go to cicadacinema.com. You could also send them an email and tell them what you think, cicadacinema at gmail.com. The big fundraiser is coming a week from Sunday, August 20th, 4 p.m. at the Far Center for Contemporary Art at 505 West 4th Street. There's a movie, there's food, there's drink, there's activity, there's fun. Everything's going to happen there. I can't wait for that day. And there are, as I indicated, uh, three more movies in this summer schedule. Go to cicadacinema.com to see those dates and come out and see a movie. You don't have to see a movie that's made a billion dollars. How about one that's made maybe $100,000? Yeah. Maybe some of them have made that, huh? Maybe. Yeah, we've showed some ones that are pretty low grosses at Cicada Underground. (laughs) Asia Essex, Josh Brewer, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.